Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Dragoncast. Home of House of the Dragon. Gather your small council, send out your ravens and call in your bannermen. I'm Hand of the King Jamie East, here to guide you through the insane world of Westeros and beyond. <coughs> oh, I'm so poorly. <coughs> oh, dearie me. Uh, in true... Um, in true man flu style, uh, I'm struggling a bit this week, uh, but I'm ably joined by uh, by my bear. Uh, I'll, I'll be the I'll be the fair maid. Surely I'm the maiden fair in this. Well, I didn't want to be. I didn't moment. want to kind of like we seem to be slotting into these pretty stereotypical. Um, kind of uh this stereotypical hierarchy I, I thought i'd give you the opportunity to be the big bear okay interesting i like it i like well i like no. that i like that yeah yeah bears come in all shapes and sizes uh, as we all know <laughs> they, um, do they i didn't know they do do they not i thought i thought well, <laughs> in, in 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 homosexuality uh, folklore i thought bears were always like big men with hairy backs well yeah i was referring to the animal kingdom more specifically. oh i see sorry no oh i see <laughs> do you know what this is this is a detour but many years ago i had to go to svalbard on an assignment uh, and it's where it's right close to the north pole and it's where they filmed some of the attenborough documentary blue planet they have a research right. team up there and we, netflix sent me up there to go and meet the team and do some like excursions and have a look around and nice. we saw a polar bear right wow like 700 meters away and it was amazing it was one of the most mind-blowing things i've ever seen yeah, and they yeah. were like we we're on our skidoos which are these like sort of snowmobiles and the instructors and the team were like, look, if, they, if, if it seems to be getting nearer to us, we'll have to start our engines because they don't like the sound of the diesel. The diesel engines, it scares them away. But luckily, yeah. it goes the other way and he was walking along. They are really skinny polar bears. Like, they're quite long, like long-limbed. So if right, I was a okay. bear, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'd be a polar bear. That's, <laughs> that's the whole detour of that was just to, yeah. Um, oh, nice. Skin after yeah, polar bears were... I guess it, it depends what site where we're about in the cycle you catch them. True, presumably. True. Also, where we were, um, Svalbard, there is like fuck all for them to eat, and one of the ways that the population naturally 
kind of uh, slims down is that most of them, like, they starve, you know, because there's just nothing there. Um, yeah. Anyway, true. I'll have a, uh, we'll have a, do a bonus episode about my trip to Svalbard another time. But yeah, amazing place, amazing part of the world. You've been on some good trips. I might get sent some good stuff in the post, but you get to go to the places. Yeah, that was a proper like go on. I I I bought all these M and S thermals because I thought you know I have to go and listen up up there, which is like one of the coldest places in the world. They did fuck yeah. all. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I was like double layering. I I had like like uh, small. M&S long johns and then I got large ones to put on the long johns and then put trousers on and then had my like you have these sort of big puffy jumpsuits that you put on when you're oh in the snowboards and you were still cold yeah I'm like you know that Simpsons meme of radioactive man going the goggles do nothing when <laughs> 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 he's covered in acid I was like the oh thermals aren't working but yeah amazing um, but you're, How's your week you're been? it's been good it's been a good week thank you um quite busy but quite busy with work um got a really quiet week this week which i'm really looking forward to i'm gonna go to the cinema oh, nice. i haven't been, to, haven't been to the cinema for ages and i really see? wanted to see banshees of inishirin but it's already on disney plus so i'm not gonna go and watch that i know i already watched it on disney plus i think i might go and watch avatar because rob my better half won't go with me uh he just said absolutely not so i might go by myself life's too short to watch avatar surely chris well, I've got quite a, quite a quiet week, so arguably um, never been a better time to go. Turn my phone off for three hours and watch... Um, There's just something about it. There's just something about Avatar that just doesn't... I know. I don't mean, I'm not really that excited about watching it, but it feels like I should, I should see it, you know. It's like, I don't know, I was looking at... I always look at Avatar. It's like, who's going? Who are these people that are going to see? I don't know. No, no, it's Chris. But it's, it's been. It's like it's the same, me, people yeah. that wear ske- same people that wear sketches. <laughs> you know, it's like, who, who are these people? Ooh, <laughs> piping hot. I know that's a morning. bit of a burn. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? It's, <coughs> yeah. Wo- Woking is my nearest kind of town. Had this huge kind of renovation of like the local like shopping centre. Like really nice big M and S, like amazing, mm. like the food hall and stuff. Nice. And then next to it was this. Like literally, fucking enormous Sketches store, and I'm just like, who are these people that are buying Sketches? Because I yeah. don't, I never see them in the wild. You know? Yeah, they're also not cheap. If you're gonna get some trainers, get some nice ones. I know. I know. Um, We've probably just uh, lost a few listeners now. Lost the working crowd. Lost the Sketches crowd. We've got lost good arch crowd, support sorry. probably, and you know, yeah. no blisters. Do you want to talk about the where we? I saw you this week, didn't I? We saw each other. We in had a catch up. Was it this time last week? Was it, it Monday? Was Tuesday. Tuesday. I, yeah, I didn't say bye to you. I got I got carried out on. Yes, the, hang on a crowd. second. I want to talk about this. Sorry. <laughs> we went to this event, which we, we should talk about. We yeah. sit there together all night. Uh, stand up to, with our goodie bags. Walk down the stairs at the IMAX, the BFI. Chris immediately says hello to someone else. And just leaves the venue with them. Does Actually, not turn. Does not turn you're mis- back. You're misremembering does this. <laughs> on the way out, you went. Oh, I said hello to Elliot. I said Wayne hello. Or something. No, it's Elliot. It was Elliot. Elliot, Elliot Gonzalez from I Talk Telly. And I just said hi, Elliot. How are you doing? Chris just immediately flounced. <laughs> <I did not. laughs> it wasn't immediate. It was like it was like 
uh, being carried away on a very strong current. Um, <laughs> and next thing I know, the, current, I the, the current that led you all the way because I, I left the venue following you, Did and you, you walked, just walked into the subway, and I was like, oh, okay, it's like that. Is yeah, it? That's, that sounds quite shifty. We went into the subway because we were at the BFI. Let's tell let's tell people where we were. We were at the BFI yeah. for a screening of The Last of Us for the first yeah. episode. So it's out on the 16th of January, which is t- the day we're recording. Um, and so it's out this week. So people can probably get involved. And we saw the first episode and yeah, we have mm. some thoughts. I'm quite interested. I didn't play the game. Yeah. You have played the game. Uh, yeah. It is quite something. The reviews it's, have been amazing. Um, yeah. But I saw a really interesting point that someone made. It was like, someone said, now that The Last of Us has had all these rave reviews, um, do we think that TV executives will now invest in long-form storytelling and behind-the-scenes talent or just decide to make loads more TV adaptations of video games? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's an interesting it's, one. I mean, it's a, a very rare thing, isn't it? A, a game that works as a TV show. Yeah, but it's. I think that's because the game is more of a film than a yes. game, really. It's probably yeah. which is why I enjoy playing it so much. Is because the it's it doesn't really. Re- I'm sure it does rely on skill, but like I'm so shit at gaming. It was like my yeah. first. It was the first thing that made me realise I was old and that I was now of a generation that just didn't do this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and The Last of Us is actually one of the few games that I've sat and enjoyed because. You, you feel like you're just like uh, you're just part of this film mm. and actually the bit that you you play is actually really really easy um that's interesting the um and i think that's what makes it so attractive and so good is because and we'll talk about we might as well talk about it now actually it's because we should it's because the um the episode we'll talk about the episode in more detail i guess another time because i think cross fingers we're going to have some of the uh, the makers of the show uh, come on the podcast and with any luck some of the cast as well but um i think the reason it's done so well is because it said it is almost a shot by shot uh the first episode anyway a shot by shot remake of, of the, maybe the first hour or two of of the yeah. game um and the game is so cinematic and the storyline is so well written and the characters Mm. were already so well developed that I'm not going to say it was a sitting duck. It was a bit, but it was, it would have been really difficult to fuck it up. I think you get the aesthetic, you get the aesthetic, right. You get the casting, right. Um, and you're already, you're already halfway there, but I, I, so you, you'd not played the game. You hadn't really, didn't really know anything about it. What did, what did you think? I really enjoyed it. What's interesting for me is like, you know, they show there's a sort of almost like a prologue where um, Joel, who's played by Pedro Pascal, going about yeah. his life, boom, the outbreak happens. And then we sort of skip to 20 years later. Now, yeah, my thing is, I'd kind of like to watch the society collapse gradually over like five seasons rather than yeah, yeah, yeah. let's just skip to the bit where there's like everything's fucked permanently you know, yeah. and I think like, so I think for me, I was kind of like, oh, I would actually love to watch. I'd love, I think having, having experienced the pandemic, I would quite like to watch c- cinematically how it got so bad. I think that's really mm. interesting, but that's not the story they're telling. Um, I think the sort of nihilism that everything is permanently broken is kind of 
quite hard for me to invest in. Having said that, it looks yeah. amazing. The leads in it are great. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that, yeah, we'll get into it maybe next week, but there is a moment at the end that really, I was like, oh, really sort of hooked me. Um, oh, okay. But I had a lot of questions about like, is do they have electricity? Do they have water? Do they have gas? Like I couldn't kind of understand quite how it had got so bad. Yeah. And I don't really understand. It's, it's like, interesting, isn't it? I mean, we've seen so many now we've seen so many shows and movies that show that 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 world war z walking yeah. dead um <clears throat> the road is 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 probably yeah. the road's probably the best example of of that that i've seen the, the cormac mccarthy film adaptation with um vigo mortensen in it is is about as sad as it gets i think it's yeah. pretty yeah is it who's who plays um his wife in that it's um uh, Charlie's Theron. Um, oh yeah, of course. Plays 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 a wife, plays his wife in that, and then, and that that to me, kind of sh- lent into that how the slow decline, yeah, kind yeah. of took over and everything. But you know, World Wars, I felt like <clears throat> I felt like we'd seen enough of. Um, Oh, what was that? Was that a police car going in the background, or was yeah. that a fighter jet? There's, we've seen enough of that kind of stuff. So, but whether or not we're ready for like a, a whole kind of like ten episodes about political society breaking down and <laughs> and and yeah. why can't we yeah. get any electricity? I think that would be quite that would be really depressing. My thing that well, yeah. I mean, I thought this. I thought the. I thought this show. I thought this is not going to be a feel good show, right? I mean. To borrow a lyric from Rihanna and Calvin Harris, is it about finding love in a hopeless place? <laughs> because that seems to be what. I just wondering where that came from. It's like the, the, the last song I would have thought about connecting no, but is it, the last about, of listen, us. If, if, if yeah. society is permanently fractured, we're never going back. It's about the thing that I think the show is going to uh, the show is going to try and do is to show us like moments of humanity, moments of human connection in this like hostile yeah. place that is the only thing to watch right because it can't get any worse i can't watch like- i think ultimately it gets ultimately it boils down to certainly the first season will boil down to uh joel learning to um love again and you know mm. would, obviously an event happens that that would fuck anybody up all right, it's time to talk about game of thrones season three episode seven the bear and the maiden fair uh Before we start, in case you need a bit of a recap, here is exactly that from our sister podcast previously on. The Wildling Party continues south. John bickers with Oral, who tells John he'll never be able to hold on to Egret because he doesn't understand her way of life. Later, Oral declares his love to Egret, surprisingly, and tries to persuade her that John is still loyal to the Night's Watch. The Starks travel to the twins for Edmure's wedding to Rosalind Frey, but are delayed by rain. Catelyn fears Walder Frey will see their late arrival as another insult. Later that night, Talisa tells Rob she's pregnant. At Harrenhal, Jaime visits Brienne in her cell before he leaves for King's Landing and swears he will stand by his promise to return the Stark sisters to Catelyn. Before he sets out with Kyburn and Roose Bolton's guard Steelshanks, Jaime asks Roose to tell Rob that the Lannisters send their regards. In King's Landing, Marjorie comforts Sansa after her unwanted betrothal to Tyrion. She advises Sansa to make the best of her situation and says that Tyrion may prove to be a good lover given his sexual experience. 
Tyrion correctly predicts that Shay, the prostitute he's fallen in love with and hidden away, is furious about his future marriage. Tyrion says nothing has to change when he marries and offers to buy Shay a home where she could raise their family. Shay refuses, as she believes Tywin would murder her and their children if he ever learned of their existence, which is probably fair enough. Elsewhere in King's Landing, Tywin asserts his authority over Joffrey and assures his grandson that Daenerys Targaryen is no threat to his rule. On a ship in Blackwater Bay, Melisandre tells Gendry that he is Robert Baratheon's bastard. At the Brotherhood Without Banners camp, Arya is furious that Beric sold Gendry to Melisandre and runs away into the woods before being captured by the Hound. In Essos, Daenerys approaches Young Kai, a slaver city of no strategic value to her. Despite this, Daenerys sends a messenger to tell the Masters that if they don't free and pay Young Kai's slaves, she will ransack the city. In response, the slavers send Daenerys gold and offer her as many ships for her invasion as she needs, but Daenerys refuses this peace offering. Theon, meanwhile, is released from his restraints by two women who begin to pleasure him. His bliss, however, is interrupted by the arrival of Theon's tormentor, who reveals that he ordered the women to seduce Theon. He then orders his guards to hold Theon down and castrates him. On the road to King's Landing, Kyburn tells Jamie that he lost his maester chain after he experimented on living patients. Jamie also learns that Locke intends to use Brienne for his own amusement. He goes back to rescue her, and she's been thrown in a pit with a bear armed with only a wooden sword. Jamie jumps into the pit to defend Brienne, forcing Steelshanks to shoot the bear to protect the valuable Lannister. Jamie boosts Brienne out of the pit, who then pulls Jamie to safety with seconds to spare. To Locke's fury, Jamie leaves Harrenhal with Brienne at his side. This has been my first Duff one, I think, I'm going to have to say it. Uh, out of the rewatch, season three, mm-hmm. episode seven, uh, The Bear and Maiden Fair. Um, <clears throat> it's did nothing for me, I have to say. It, it, the set, yeah. <laughs> I was I, I came I came out of it feeling pretty underwhelmed. I was like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. I think I think maybe maybe I don't know if there are any better ones that we could have watched. But what I think is interesting is compared to four, which we covered last week, and compared to nine, which we're covering next week. This is not an action episode. This is all about it's checking in with like every character, right? Like yeah. every relationship, every sort of you know. Um, and those can be really hard when this is the point in the show where there's almost too many characters and too many storylines. Mm. And I, I kept thinking, do we need Bran? Really? Do we need to check in with Bran? Yeah. Do we need more of Theon? I mean, we talked about Theon last week that the whole yeah. season three depicts things that happen off page to him in the book. Mm. And I do think it, something that has dated, something that has aged like milk is like, let's just constantly show him getting tortured. I mean, it just... Yeah isn't interesting and it's also you know they do undo it quite quickly on the show like when he has to like you know he's reek and he has to be theon again i just don't think this has been handled very well so that is i think they could have shaved off eight minutes by losing that no you're right you are right yeah um Um, the only good i mean let's pick out the good bits you know because there was there were a few good bits i thought tormund was really good you know tormund's what he he it was it was it was good watching it knowing who <clears throat> who sees it through to the end yeah. as well. I was like, oh my god, there, Tormund made it all the way through, and you know, 
he was a really, really like out of the box, like a really good character, like kind of like filler character. What's yeah. it? What's his? What's he like in the books, Tormund? I actually can't remember. <laughs> no, well there you go. Kind That's probably same, fair. I think. But I think yeah. he's less funny. I think the humour comes the longer he's around. He gets really, you know. Have you seen his? Like, he strikes me as like, like you said, like one of the one of the characters that was expanded because he was played so well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did, did you ever see his audition, um, uh, no. Christopher Hiv you I'm probably mispronouncing his name there. The guy that played him was called him Christoph. Um, you know, you can go on and see various cast members auditions yeah, yeah. they were really go and check his, his out because he came like to it he had him nailed and he's exactly the same as he ended up and he just mm. and he talked about it he said he said i just wanted to eat something so he's eating a massive carrot <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, do, he's doing his audition uh piece to camera but right. just chewing on like a massive carrot it's really Amazing. bizarre but brilliant but really really good and you can yeah you can kind of see how looks yeah yeah he wears those clothes really well he wears this battle worn like i mean these guys north of the wall have seen some shit you know yeah yeah. um but yeah. this episode was written by george rr R. martin because he used to write one episode a season that's right yes and he wrote this one and wow, i think what a it's weird very one. telling it's re- yeah. well i think it's really telling because i think there's a lot of stuff that isn't in the there's a lot of scenes for the show so like the bit with joffrey and tywin like they don't have yeah. point of view chapters. So it's one of those things where that's beautiful to see mm. that relationship explored in it like a different way. And I think yeah. some of the John and Egret stuff, I don't remember finding them particularly interesting in the books, but I think on the, sh- on the show, there's like three scenes with um, Egret and Jon Snow. And yeah. it's quite an interesting amount of time. And I think the thing that I would say really is good in this episode is just knowing how fucked that relationship is. And that, like, at first when he's, like... John's, like, defected to the wildlings. He's, like, a double agent. And you think, oh, no, they're going to invade. Like, oh, God, I hope the Night's Watch are okay. And John says in this episode, like, you guys are not organised. You're not trained. You don't have military precision. You're all kind of, like, bandits. And it's not going to work. And it was kind of like... I think I didn't remember that the first time. I just I remember no. thinking, oh, oh no, what an awful thing to happen to them. But actually, what what is even worse now watching it is you know it's doomed to fail, and they're doing it anyway. Yeah. And yeah. she's going to die, and he might die. I mean, obviously he doesn't. But I really loved that. There was moments where, yeah, you just realise what what a that's the beauty of a rewatch, though, isn't it? The the hindsight is yeah. is 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 it's like I I don't know how I didn't pick up the signs about the red wedding. So I went into the I went into this on my first watch completely blind. The, it was completely bowled over by the red mm-hmm. wedding. But then, obviously, you watch this back now, and you're just like, "My God, of course it's going to end like this." Because they were talking about the Tullys. They were talking about how cross Walder Frey is going to be, and, yeah. and you could see yeah. how the relationship between Rob and Catelyn was breaking down yeah. over his. I mean, just stupid, like marriage, like marriage, yeah. really. You know, yeah. considering he's such a tactical king and so brilliant, yeah, to to not to to, to then to throw it away. still be kind of completely thrown all away for love, which is you know a very admirable thing to throw it away for, but just not something a, a true king would do. So the thing that about Rob in this episode and, and this storyline is he is he is acting like Ned's son because he 
initially when he finds out that Bran and Rickon are dead, he's so grief stricken. Uh, is she called Talia? I think Talia comforts him. Yeah. They sleep together, and then he is so ashamed that he took her virginity and made her a dishonorable woman that he marries her out of duty, which is like uh, okay, I'd forgotten quite that. noble, okay. and that's kind of like very like Ned, but it's also noble to the point of like stupidity like you have you have ruined this allegiance and it it sets everything in motion so yeah i'm with you you watched this rob in season two is like winning all these battles and like they really got a good hand this season it all falls apart and it is happening in real time like you keep seeing um i think what we're gonna miss which is a shame because it's a really good moment is when he beheads uh, one of the Karstarks, who were like one of their big allies, um, oh. the Karstarks kill a Lannister prisoner that they have. Uh, it's like a Lannister cousin or a Lannister oh, like, half-cousin. Yes, yes, yes. And Rob is like, you've killed a prisoner, but you've also fucked it for us. And he beheads this Lord Karstark in the rain. It's like amazing. And the Karstarks leave. They They go, they sort of quietly back the Boltons. And the Boltons are clearly already turning at this point right like we this yeah. is happening off screen there was a there was a really good moment with roose bolton wasn't it yeah towards yeah. the end with with jamie yeah. where jamie said send send give my regards give the lannister what was it he said tell rob stark the, the lannisters send their regards i think it changes in the book and the show and then yeah and then he says jamie lannister says his regards do you think there was like an unseen moment where the red wedding was planned there i think it's happening throughout season three um, some people think that it happens as soon as um, the Blackwater is, as soon as Stannis loses at the Blackwater. Um, right. That's when the Boltons start to realise they need to be with the Lannisters because the Lannisters have married into the Tyrells. They've got an amazing uh, hold over like grain production um, and that the Northerners are just not going to win. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sort of intentionally hard to tell. Um, one thing I yeah. thought that was really interesting was <clears throat> when Jamie goes uh, to get Brienne, you know, um, what's the guy? Locke, who is the sort of yeah. rat, rat-faced man that is, uh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. chopped off Jamie's hand and so on, because at the time he was one of Roos's men. Jamie says something to him in this episode where he's like, what do you think Roos is going to say when he goes to speak to my father? And I think what I took from this for the first time was Locke knows that the Red Wedding is going to happen. And Jamie's sort of comment says, look, we're actually all on the same, we're all on the same side now. There's, there's no, there's no antagonism here. That's what I took from it. And it's the first time I've gone, oh, that's the thing that Locke has kind of gone, right. Yeah. I have to be I have to do. I have to do whatever Jamie wants me to do. That's it. it kind of like you watch it already with this sense of real dread and unease, don't you? I quite enjoyed the Kyburn backstory. I guess. So, yeah. A so bit. I forgot. I forgot that he he was introduced. I mean, I can't remember when he's introduced because we're jumping across a bit. I think we'd seen was... him a couple of times before, but yeah. but not. But it was nice to. So he'd been like booted out of like the maester, the maesters, um, yeah. for, for operating for kind on of live like, bodies. For yeah, yeah, for for presumably what we what we come to know and love him for. 
which was um, so yeah. already setting in stone, already setting yeah. in the stall out for the fact that he can he can resurrect um, resurrect the dead yeah. in some way, shape, or form. And um, uh, he, he, yeah, he's hoping to get back into the um, into the maesters and get back in there and get his glory back. And obviously, he does go on to replace Pycelle. That is something that yeah. Jamie kind of said. Oh, you're going to give Archmeister. Uh, Pycelle run for his money and obviously we know that that happens in the end um, oh. but I thought his comment was really funny when Jamie said you know experimenting on people while they're still alive that's awful and he's like well yes I've killed people but like how many people have you saved you know like yeah. I've, I might have yeah, saved yeah. lives doing this I thought yeah well you know you don't you can't make an omelette without breaking a few eggs can you exactly exactly <laughs> um, well I thought the it's, it's, a, it's a tough the castration scene was pretty grim pretty bad just yeah also pretty just bad just what, not particularly well acted um, no I thought the like the whole seduction thing was just weird it's like it's, it's so like, bad it's like I was I was I wrote down it's just like how the hell can any man get it up like literally like an hour like 10 seconds after being on some fucking yeah. flayed cross and weeks doesn't and matter weeks how attractive having, yeah, yeah doesn't matter how attractive the person doing it to you is or how long it is since you've seen any action i think i'd yeah. really struggle i think well also, i don't think he's washed for like months it'll be all smelly this is my next just... question it's like you would not want to put your your pieces anywhere near theon Greyjoy, would you at that the the stench of these bollocks must have been horrific not even a hand not even a hand no not even a hand um, I mean, because you know they don't have any soap. Um, yeah, I thought that was weird. I just also this episode there was that um, those girls being like, "Oh, I'm getting jealous, my lord," you know, and sort of petting each other. And then Rob's wife, who they've just had sex, and she's like, "I'm just going to lie on my front, arch my legs over my bottom, and start writing a letter." Like I was like, "Put some fucking clothes on." I know, you know it's, it's just like because it, it can't be warm. Well, it's just that thing that they were still doing in season three, which was like. Yeah, let's just all walk. Yeah, Rob, around. F- Rob fully dressed, and yeah. and her like stark, stark, fanny naked on the on the on on the throw. Yeah, just, and yeah. he was like, "Oh, if you don't put some clothes on, I might have to ravish you again." It's like, mate, have, yeah. come on. It's like, give yeah. it ten minutes. Yeah, be just, realistic. Yeah, have a wash. But also, you've got to prepare for all. You know, but do you know what I loved is the thing that he does where he just very briefly sits at his chair, which has like the map and the pieces, and he, as if he's going. Yeah, if I just move that there, it's like you are not thinking about that right now. Like he's just <laughs> yeah, had exactly. sex, and he's like, "Yeah, like Charlie so Chaplin's great granddaughter." Yeah, we're here. And they're there. Yeah. So uh, anyway, enough work. Back to shagging. <laughs> yeah, the um, um, Aria briefly, briefly there. I mean, that storyline is another one where it's sort of God. It just really oh, so she got it? grabbed by the hound, didn't she? After yeah, escaping from the, the Brotherhood of because, Banners. Because the Brotherhood aren't going to take her to Riverrun anymore. They're going to go... They, they, you know, they have to invent reasons for people to move the way they're moving, right? So they're like, we're going to go west and attack some Lannisters. She runs away. The Hound captures her and is like, I'm going to ransom her to the Starks. And obviously, At as we know, yeah. she ends up conveniently, helpfully just... If she went there earlier, she would have got killed. You know, she kind of gets yeah, there... Yeah after the fact um and well, only seconds after the fact doesn't she watch she watches it happen from the outside doesn't she she sees um, i think the hound knocks her out to stop her watching it and she sees the 
the wolf head stitched onto Rob's body. And we'll leave you with that delightful mental image as we have a word from our sponsors. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. We got Daenerys, a bit of that. I mean, that again, like we talked about her last week, that was a really good episode for her. This is kind of... Continuity error, I think I saw there. What's she... that? We learned pretty early on that dragons need to char their meat. Oh my before God, they right. Before yeah. they eat. That's they they can't eat meat unless it's been yet in this one yeah, she just throws some raw two. meat at Yeah. And yeah, in this episode she threw some she threw the meat and they just ate it. Some which chicken. I thought was a bit just weird, but there you go. Obviously they, they didn't have any after season three, episode four, they didn't have any budget for CGI flames. Yeah. 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 I just thought it was a bit weird. But yeah <coughs> I can't get excited about to be honest. I think I'm beginning my my era of Daenerys boredom. I think in yeah, it's, it's a, it it, again of, like yeah. It's a tough I one. thought it was. I liked how much of a prick she was. I think it, you know she was really boring for a while, and I, I like her being like, "Thanks for the money. I'm going to keep it, and then not give you your end of the bargain. And if yeah. you try and get it back, my dragon's going to eat your face." I was like, "Yeah, that's really fun. I like that." Um, I, d- I think I just generally just get confused and just I think it all merges into one, whether it's Karth or Young Kai yeah, or Astapor. Marine. Yeah. It's just Astaport. The, all these places, they look the same. 
um, you know, they all yeah. have the same kind of outcome where she's freeing the slaves and yeah. kind of holding the slave traders to account and taking over. Yeah. The, the other thing armies. about this is that I thought was a bit silly was that that she they're like look Yunkai they have um, they're like sex slaves right they're like sex workers that's what they, the slaves are trained they're not soldiers so they were like just leave it because we're, you know we're not going to get our army from here and she says how many people are how many slaves are there and they go two hundred thousand she goes that's two hundred thousand more reasons why we should go if you have like been born into a life where you're like a sex worker. And then you're liberated and she's like, here's a spear. I want you to help me invade that city. You'd be like, literally did not teach this at blowjob school. Yeah. Like why? I'd... <laughs> I'll have a go, but I can't say I'm going to be I mean, much use. What, you know. like, no, don't put it there. You know, it's just sort of, I think that'd be quite funny. But yeah, it's a funny one because you're sort of like, I get the sentiment that she wants to liberate everyone, but also what the fuck? It's a difficult season. There's too much. Everything's falling into place. Everything's happening slowly. Sansa and Marjorie having a three-minute chat. You know, again, it's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, it doesn't really see how these guys are. Um, But what I thought was interesting with Marjorie here is that she wanted Sansa to marry into her family. Instead, Sansa's marrying Tyrion, and even Marjorie was the one that was like you've got to think your way out of this. Like you've got to think of this as like, how do you like protect yourself? Look after yourself. She's not like going, Oh yeah, shit. Isn't it? She's like, he's one of the better Lannisters. Like, yeah, you could do, you could be, you could be worse in worse. off. Yeah. 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 And then she goes, you know, men who have been with lots of women are very good in bed. Uh, you know, once you've had lots of sex, you get better at sex. And Sansa's like, how do you know about this? And she's like, Oh, a man uh, told uh, me. <laughs> I've read it in a book. My friend who goes to another school told me. You don't know her. A <laughs> couple of notes. <clears throat> um, Gwendolyn Christie was still a guest star at this point. Madness. Which is, I, I mean, she went on to become it. one of the main principal characters and obviously yeah. made it to the end. But at this stage, she got guest star. You know, she was just, she was thrown in there at the end along with uh, a few like Mackenzie Crook. It was really weird. Bizarre. So, she goes on presumably, to be so important in the show. Yeah, because presumably, like, Brianna Tarth in the books is, like, a major character, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't remember when she starts narrating bits, which is usually the signifier of when someone becomes a significant character in some ways. Um, right. I don't remember, but I suppose it's, it might be down to the fact that you're only in five episodes, so we there's no point paying you, like, a flat... You know, we may as well do an episode-by-episode episode fee kind of thing. Yeah, um, true. But I thought what was interesting about all that, uh, Brienne, Jamie, stuff at Harrenhal, is, you know, she is the only daughter of, like, a fairly important lord. And Jamie was like, I presume you're going to ransom her to get money. And the guy said, look, these guys are all going to die in the winter. There's a war on. Honestly, like, they don't even care about... Money means nothing. Status means nothing. There's no point climbing the career ladder here because, like, we're all going to die. They just think it's actually better that they just watch her get killed by a bear. And I thought, God, yeah, that's how bleak this season is, that some people can't yeah. even see in front enough of them to be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really strategic. Some people are like, yeah, what good's money? Like, may as well just watch someone I've got someone six months get... left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I thought that's really, again, like, there's all these things in the background that make you realise, like, the old ways of, like... 
yeah, business conducting strategy, social climbing, yeah. going out the window because they're just like, what's the point? Um, but it's a difficult episode. I would have loved to have, um, yeah, I kind of wish I'd watched the whole season because it is a good season. But I did feel at times with this episode like exhausted, like yeah. just so much going on. <laughs> it wasn't very satisfying. Even the even the the end, you know, the the set piece of the the bear pit just felt like nothing. I remember it being like a big moment the first time I watched it. Yeah. Just like a bit kind of like, oh, it just kind of jumped like down. It feels like it was, and... it, was added, it was like, we should end the episode on a big action set piece. But yeah, I was watching it thinking, I mean, the CGI was worse than I remember. <laughs> but I also just thought like, well, you know, they're not going to get killed, are they? Like, <laughs> um, no. But no. do you know the significance of the, you know, there's the bear and the maiden fair is a song. And someone was oh, no, singing t- it. Tell me. So someone was singing it earlier in the season. Uh, we I don't think we saw it. But the Bear and the Maiden Fair is about um, a maiden who like wants someone to rescue her, and she thinks it's going to be a beautiful night in shining armor, and it's a bear, and the bear does rescue her like he's a good bear, and it's all about like help might come in ways that you don't expect, and you shouldn't wish for the night you might get saved it might just be by a different means and I thought that was really interesting in so much uh, as okay. Sansa's been saved from Joffrey and yet all she's thinking is he's a bear he's not a knight but it's like no this guy you got saved like you're not going to get beaten up yeah, by yeah. your new husband um, yeah 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 there's an uh, interesting that's interesting thing. interesting yeah but they do they do and then obviously they went well let it's an episode also about a bear and a maiden fair kind of Brienne I guess but maybe yeah. the person that rescued her is not the chivalrous knight she wanted. It's Jamie Lannister, who's a bit of a yeah. bit of a dick, complicated anti-hero. Oh, that stump looked awful, didn't it? Oh yeah, what was that? Yeah, put that put that little cream on top of it. It was a bit. Well, they, we said last week they clearly don't have any pseudocreme in here. Well, they clearly fucking do. Yeah. There was some, there was some con- tincture going on, wasn't yeah. there? <laughs> oh, it's my, one Ye of my favourite words. Theon had some sort of, uh, well, I thought it looked like Thai red curry paste put on his wounds, um, but they were putting something on his wounds as well. So they've obviously developed some ointment. We had um, some good emails through this week. Uh, oh, yeah, got some questions. From Tally Briggs. Thanks, Tally. Tally sent... Actually, Tally's quite enthusiastic. Tally sent four emails this week. Oh, thank um, you. That's very kind. So, yeah. Came to the podcast late, but she's. Lo- she, I presume Tally's a female uh, and loving it. Um, just had to start saying, this was really interesting. And it's going to go way back to season one, episode one, first episode. Okay. Um, okay. One of the best moments in, in season one, episode one, is the way Ned treats John in the scene where they find the direwolf pups. Now, how's this for a theory for you, Chris Mandel? Um, She she says, I'm pretty sure Dave and Dan told Sean um, who John was because he plays it perfectly. Ned's own son, Bran, begs him to keep the pups and Ned gives him a quick dismissal, insisting they be exterminated out of kindness. But when John speaks up, um, instead of dismissing the bastard... Ned knows that he's speaking to the rightful king of the Seven Kingdoms. He, acquiesce, he acquiesces to everything the king just told him to do. Ooh. I wonder if that's, 
I'd never it never occurred to me. It's a really really so good piece of intro. John, it's not that John sways him, but he sort of deferential him. to John. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, you know, Ned knows that that is the rightful heir to the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, and yeah, you know, in well, his that's own a really interesting. Honor, that's a really interesting thing to pick up. That's on. a really I good never point. noticed that. Also, I think the respect he has for John as uh, well. Ned knows he's not a bastard. That's the. Yeah. the big reveal isn't it we think oh he treats him so kindly considering he's a bastard but ned knows yeah his sister was married to rhaegar uh, in secret and that um and that john is a legitimate yeah that's really interesting i like that yeah really good tally thank you very much she does also have a message for you chris as well oh no as, is it bad says, apologies no well, no apologies to chris i think this was from a conversation we had last week maybe oh. <clears throat> where we talk about red herrings and useless characters i think it was me wasn't it i said what is the purpose of varus um she says chris in the books there are tons of useless characters and red herrings that george started putting in because he put the answer to the main mystery of the entire story which was r and R and thingy R and equals J. L equals J. R and L equals J in the middle of the first book, uh, because Ned has the recurring dream of the Tower of Joy. And That's if you're paying attention, know that the king's jar, know that the king's guard's one job is to guard the king. You figure out Rhaegar and Lyanna were married, and that John is a legit heir to the Seven Kingdoms. So when everyone began to post online, they'd figured it out. George threw in a bunch of side stories and misdirections to throw off the stent. Don't know if that's true, mm. but there, would, there are a like, lot of. I mean. The thing about the books, the thing about, you know, books generally is that you can have supplementary things. And I think when you have something on a TV show, you everyone there has to really be earning their crust, you know. So it's interesting. Yeah. And I think what we'll find later uh, on the show is the way that they have to cut things down. They have to merge things. They have to, you know, um, I interviewed I'm, I'm going to normally can't say who I interviewed, but I actually interviewed Nell Tiger Free yesterday, who is in the Apple oh. TV show Servant. She played um, a grown-up Marcella, Mar- Marcella Baratheon, uh, Cersei's daughter, oh, yeah. in season five. Now, we didn't talk about Game of Thrones because I was interviewing her for Servant, which is the Apple TV show she's in. But I thought it was so interesting. I, I was really looking forward when Marcella is reintroduced in Dawn. I was really excited to know what it would be like for her to interact with like <coughs> Cersei and Tyrion and like all the other characters... And obviously she gets killed off quite quickly because the show just hasn't got the capacity to do any... It's like, look, we've, we're barreling towards the end. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. is one of the great shames of an adaptation is you have to be a bit more lean um, with what you've got in and, and characters and things like that. So, I always found yeah. it quite... I always found it really interesting when I think my eldest would, would often say when we were first watching it, he said, oh, actually, what's happened to that character? That was in the books. That's a whole different character. But they've merged like storylines yeah. from two other characters into someone completely new maybe lady stoneheart was there were bits elements of that within someone else and all of these kind of things i was it must be such a different i'd love to speak to someone actually about how they do go on about adapting a sprawling book like that mm. and have to like like when do you say oh, actually if we take that and put that into that character i'd be really nervous about t- asking the author do you need to ask the author's permission do you think well, George has an exec produce credit on Game of Thrones. So he was, I think initially he was like helping them. Like if you take this character out, this is how it's going to affect what you're going to, you're not thinking into like year three, four, but this is what's going to happen. And I think eventually right, yeah, because yeah. he had to step away from the show, I think there was a bit less of that. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think generally it depends what the deal that you have with the production company is as, as the author. Like you might give over creative control or, mm. you know, J.K. Rowling, for example, in the Harry Potter films had final sign off on the script. And uh. that meant that like they can do what they want, but she will say to you, like, I'm sorry, that's not really how I envisaged it or that's not going to work or you need this yeah. character because in book seven, rah, rah, rah. Um, but yeah, very, very difficult, very difficult. And I yeah. think Game of Thrones mostly succeeds. Um, and I think when, as with this episode, George wrote it, I think it's just interesting to pay attention to what is being put in. I said about Egret and John, I think that works so much better. I think the Tywin and Joffrey scene is great because even yeah. just the way it's shot where he, Tywin grows in stature, he climbs the steps to talk to Joffrey Joffrey starts looking really small. Such a great, that, that was actually the best scene out of the whole episode. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I think it's a real, like a real power move by Tywin to go, do you know what? I'm actually going to have all the meetings in my office because there's no point me walking all the way down to this other part of the castle. And Joffrey's like, well, that's now inconvenient for me. And he's like, rather than like, you can come, he says, we can arrange to have you carried. Yeah. Like it's so emasculating and so... Yeah. Yeah, what a great character Tywin is. Just amazing. Oh, just, and Charles Dance just had him nailed. Just absolute, absolutely had him nailed. i tell you what we should talk about before the end of the podcast. Since yeah. we last recorded, um, House of the Dragon won a Golden Globe. Yes, it did. Thank God as well, because it was starting to get a bit bit bad i thought you know was it the golden globes i mean the not for paddy not even to get nominated was, was mm, pretty i thought that was very odd to be honest i thought that was, it was odd. a bit of a power um, move i think it was really weird i thought in the also, same way that like in the same way that like you know better call saul never got a nomination or anything yeah. it's really bad i wondered if yeah i wondered if paddy's episode that he would submit was after the deadline but i don't you know because the, the the problem with a lot of award stuff it's not un unlike the brit awards which also did their nominations last week the cutoff dates are so weird that you're like something yeah, can true. sneak in something can like ed sheeran and um elton john have got had, did this christmas song in 2021 that is nominated for yeah. a brit this year and you're just like okay i don't understand why and it must be the same with television. I, with Paddy, I have to assume. Dates, yeah. I have to assume Paddy didn't put himself forward, like he didn't want to be nominated, because I, yeah. that was the performance that that was the thing that got a lot of skeptics back on board with that show. But um, mm. yeah, the the speech. I mean, Miguel Sapochnik had his tie off. He clearly thought he was not going to have to get up and do a speech. Um, and then of how fucking wankered was everybody at the Golden Globes? I know. I mean. I'm all for a party, but everyone was trolled, and someone who was there told me that they purposely like mixed the drinks really strong because they wanted everyone to kind of cut loose a little bit because it'd been mm. so long since they'd had a proper Golden Globes. Big shout out to Millie Alcock, who was house, who looked yeah. like she did, you know, I'm, 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 I'm sure absolutely not the case, but looked like she'd certainly had some edibles. <laughs> <laughs> not the, absolutely not the case. Not the case. Millie, come on the podcast and tell us about your hangover routine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, but yes, I think congratulations. Like, I would be surprised. I would be surprised. I think it's the Oscars. They don't serve booze until after the ceremony or something. Or like the dinner is not until after the awards. It's like really weird. I hate um, award ceremonies. I really do. 
Do you know what? I, I would the, say... I've been to the I Brits to... once. I go to the Ivan yeah. Novellos. I'm lucky enough to be invited to the Ivan Novellos. They're really good fun. Mm. But um, I went to the Brits is that once. Like a lunch? Is that like a lunch one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have your I lunch first. I went to the Brits and it's... Um, about four years ago. And I literally... <laughs> I went with like um, a, a car brand for some reason. I don't know why. I got invited and I said, of course, I'd love to go. So you go in... And it was like, you've got to be there at like 5.15, right? So yeah. I, went, I left work early, got there at like 5.20 and I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be like the last one in. And I was like the first person, the first person to go into the room. <laughs> and the woman who was like the, you know, the, gets you to your seat was like, okay, so you're table 27. And I thought, 27, that's quite a, quite a good one. And we're going further and further back because you come on just off the side of the stage, you go down and down and down. I'm like... Am I in like the janitor's closet or something? And true to form, I was at the table by the toilet, right at the back of the room. Oh. Couldn't see a bloody thing. It was really good fun though. Yeah, um, they, they can be good fun, but my God, they just go on for far too long, don't they? I know you've been at the BAFTAs. I've been to the BAFTAs once. You've been mm. to the BAFTAs, haven't you? The yeah. only time I went, I was sat, actually had a really good seat. I was with Netflix for some reason, once again, just said, if it's a free meal... And a chance to talk to some people in in a big yeah. room, I'm there. So I was so, like, I was like maybe like the eighth row from the front. Wow. At the, Baf- at the BAFTAs. So That's much good. so that they ran a photo of the crowd on the front page of The Guardian the next day. And you could see me on the front page of The Guardian. Amazing. Picking your nose. Uh, I was actually looking behind me. <laughs> 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 because there was some people that were like famous that were like further back how weird yeah but the, i think they do mix it up a bit like that though don't they it's just yeah because of, yeah it's just it anyway was, it was it was like <coughs> yeah that was fun anyway so if any awards bodies are listening i'm a really good seat filler i've never got any plans in the evening i'm a cheap date <laughs> whereas i on the other hand i, I probably won't come I'll say I'll come. Like, <laughs> I'll say I will. Like, post, then, me the, post me the gift bag anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The gift bags are usually pretty good though, right? Although yeah, when you well, get like, you hear about those like, oh, the Oscars gift bag was like, worth $750,000. Isn't mm. it all just like weird vouchers for like filler? Yeah, it's like, like you get like two and a half grand's worth of like facial work done or whatever. Uh, Hampton's house you can have it for the summer and stuff like that I mean that's wouldn't, that's be, that's ba- wouldn't be the worst thing in the world would it it wouldn't be the then worst you... it, it would be if you lived in fucking Surrey I'll tell you that what do I want to do with... I don't even want to rent a house yeah, I'm like, is this eligible in <laughs> is this uh, is this uh, Vajazzle voucher eligible in Crystal Palace <laughs> yeah. that's where I live can I, can I exchange this that Claire's accessories in Woking I don't think they do Vajazzles but I can ask can I get any yeah. heat tech with this please um I once yeah. watched uh, Amy Childs give uh, Lauren Harris of a jazzle. Grief. That was one of the Those most extraordinary, the extraordinary uh, moments of my life. But there we go. I'll leave that. That's my Game of Thrones cliffhanger. Um, so, so next, next week, week is it's the big one. Thank the you. The big one. You know, I, th- I feel like we've, we've, you know, we had to walk through this one to run to next week. So next week is The Reigns of Castamere, season yes. three, episode nine, The Red Wedding. Now, uh, I haven't seen this for a minute, but I will say when I rewatched it last, I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as 
the end is amazing and I remember the rest of the episode being quite different if that makes sense like it's okay there's a lot I forgot about it I'm not saying it's boring <laughs> it's not there's some really good bits in it uh, mm. but it's yeah it's going to be a really interesting one to discuss so I'm very much looking forward to it yeah um, and then next week we'll have to get the voting open for season four Jesus Christ we're already done with season three this what are we going to really fly season by, four? I'm like, what are the what are the good episodes in season four? Oh, you're not a fan of season four, are you? Do you know what I do remember? That actually, the episode ten is amazing because that's the Hound and Brienne have that amazing fight over Arya. God, is that where what where he shatters his his thigh or something? Doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. They and then so, she runs off to Bravos. That's the f- season four finale. Wow, we've so. We have, uh, oh my God, yeah. Also, Joffrey's wedding next season. Oh, yes. The uh, purple wedding. Tommen becomes king. Sansa escapes. We've got, um, there's the battle against the wildlings. Against the wildlings. Yeah. Um, Bran starts having more of those bloody visions. Finally meets the oh. three-eyed raven. Daenerys and Marine and Slaves <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's going to be. I think I think season four of Daenerys' storyline is even more boring. I've got. I'll tell you why I've got some some affection for season four is because it's the first season. Season four, episode one, was the first season I started on Thronecast. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was brought on um, after in between season three and season four. So this was uh, season four was when uh, Rachel Paris and I uh, started. Right. So I do have a lot of um, a lot of affection you know we, for it. What we do have uh, that is going to be, I mean, I, I'm not trying to sway the voting. I believe in the democratic process. Yeah. Uh, the Red Viper versus the Mountain. Oh, fuck, we do, don't we? Oh, come on, guys. Yeah. There's a, there, there's a few good ones. Do you know what? Now a, I'm walking back what I said. Season four's got some big fucking moments in it. Yeah. Um, if I had to ask for it, I'd, I'd want the Joffrey wedding. Uh, I'd want the Mountain and the Viper. And so the, Joffrey gets killed in the second episode. Which is like four. a proper power move, isn't it? Proper power move. Proper power move. But also Tyrion's trial is yeah Tyrion's whole trial is amazing. Um, oh, okay, so this is so I'm going to say more consistent season. Like yeah, there's a lot of a lot of high moments. I think. Um, mm. Okay. Wow. Okay. Before Let's, that um, though, we've got to get our get our, our bridesmaids dresses on. I know. Try and catch the bouquet. We've got a wedding to go to. Lovely stuff. I will. Uh, I'll see you there for Hio Silver Lining. Um, get in touch if you got anything to let us. If you got anything to say, then do let us know. Uh, Dragoncast at daftdoris dot uh, com or go to Twitter Dragoncast underscore pod uh, and get in touch. Let us know what you're thinking. Have we got any things wrong? You do like to tell us when we get things wrong. Sorry if we've mistaken things or dithered around. And also apologies for the shambolic. Uh, uploading of the OA, I uh, realised that that 
I've I've put episodes up on YouTube and not put them up on, on, on podcast form. Really sorry about that. I'll get episode four up. We'll have episode five up next week and we'll we'll, we'll get back up to speed with I it. I think you're promise. just putting them up in a different dimension, right? You're just not currently accessing yeah. that dimension in which they are uploaded. Exactly. Would that be Exactly correct? right. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, Chris, it's been a pleasure, as ever. Dracarys. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast, just head over to Twitter at DragonCast underscore pod or email DragonCast at DaftDoris.com and leave us your Easter eggs, predictions and thoughts on the show. You can also watch this episode over on our YouTube channel. Just search for DragonCast Jamie East. Any support, whether it's a follow, a share, a mention to your friend on the bus or a tattoo on your backside is very much appreciated. DragonCast is hosted by me, Jamie East, along with Chris Mandel and is a Daft Doris production. Drakkars. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.